Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Crooked Illness. If you are new here, my name is Paris Brinkevich, and I am the creator and host of the Crooked Illness podcast, where we get into all things health-related. The primary focus of the podcast within the umbrella of health-related topics is mental health and mindset. I began Crooked Illness as a way to motivate, inspire, empower, and educate people on these interesting topics. My background and passion for starting Crooked Illness stems from the field of psychology. After completing both my BA in psychology and MBA in healthcare administration, my passion for mental health only continued to grow. As a result of this, I decided to start Crooked Illness to bring more awareness, tips, and conversations to the table about these topics. I offer my perspective on the work I've done and how it inspired me to begin this podcast. Along with this perspective, I also speak about my personal experience with mental health and how I use those experiences to help educate, inspire, and motivate others. I really enjoy doing interviews and connecting with people who also love to discuss and learn more about mental health. If you would like to learn more, become a guest, or connect, feel free to reach out to me by shooting me a message on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or to my email of crookedillness at gmail.com. Hello, you guys. So today's episode will be all about public speaking and the relationship this plays in all the communication that takes place in our lives. I'm excited about this episode and decided to make this one because I feel like this topic is important because there are so many people out there, including myself, who used to struggle or still struggle with this. I know that I used to be terrified of public speaking and would go to absolutely the greatest of lengths to avoid it if I possibly could at the time. So this is why I am bringing you guys my guest today, who is a communication expert. I will be introducing to you guys in a moment. He is going to be sharing such valuable tips on how to communicate effectively. And I wish that I would have had, it would have been possible for me back in the day to have access to his YouTube videos and the things that he talks about because I would have learned so much about communication, public speaking, and tackling my fear of that. I know that communication is a huge thing and plays a part in every single area of our life. So he is going to be speaking about the importance of that and the work that he does with public speaking and some of the stuff that he has worked on in the past. And I really wanted to bring him on here to talk about this because I know that this is something that a lot of people are struggling to get over. And the tips that he offers, the advice that he brings are so valuable. And the way that he presents certain things are in such a way that I haven't really heard myself before. And it really makes you think and feel more comfortable and better about public speaking in general. And it shifts your view from being so scared of it to feeling more open and more willing and more accepting to learn more about it and really tackle it and go after that aspect if it is something that you are struggling with or would like to learn more about. So I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. All right. It's going to get started in a moment and here we go. (laughs) Bye. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Crooked Illness. As you guys can see from the title, we are going to be getting into the topic of public speaking, along with the fear we sometimes associate with doing this. Here to help me break down what this means and what it really looks like is my awesome guest, Mr. Brendan Kumarasame. Brendan currently resides in Montreal, Canada, 
and went from working a great job at IBM to being a communication expert and founder of MasterTalk. MasterTalk is his platform and YouTube series dedicated to helping purpose-driven entrepreneurs master public speaking and sharing their ideas with the world. So without further ado, I want to welcome Brendan to the podcast. It's great to be here, Paris. Thanks for having me. Of course. So let's just jump right into it. So talk to me about Master Talk and how did how did you go from uh, working at IBM to dedicating your time to helping people master the art of public speaking? Right. So I guess since your name is Paris, it's probably a good place to start with my origin story. So I grew up in a city called Montreal, and not many people know this, but in Montreal, it's one of the few cities in the world where you need to know how to speak multiple languages to be well in and french is one of those languages like it is in paris and i didn't know the language so my parents came out to me and they said well brendan you got to figure out this french thing so they threw me into a french education system which ended up being great for me but during that time not only was i uncomfortable with presentations like most of us i had to present in a language i didn't even know Mm. so when i was in grade one i would stare at the class and look at them and go bonjour and that was my life for most of it so public speaking wasn't something i was particularly passionate about until i went to university then i went to university i started doing these things called case competitions so think of it like professional sports but for nerds so while other guys my age were like playing football or soccer or basketball like i never really understood those things what i did instead was i used that same competitive spirit and i applied it to presentations so without even realizing it, in the three years that I was studying, I'd present over 500 times, coached dozens of people on public speaking. And then when I started working at IBM, what the unintended consequence was I was one of the youngest speech coaches in the world. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I noticed was all of the content on YouTube was horrifying for <laughs> public speaking. You got like advice that says, oh, Paris, you should like, you know, picture everyone like this or uh, tell them that, to be yourself. And you're just like, what? Mm-hmm. So I started making videos in my basement, thought it was a stupid idea. And then for some reason, the YouTube channel got a lot of traction and I never looked back ever since. Wow. Because I know in the initial conversation we had before doing this episode, you told me about the, the connection you had with the audience because of you being so young and you doing that. Because I know we talked about, you know, when you get on YouTube and you search for public speaking, a lot of the videos that come up are just like older white guys presenting with a chalkboard in the back. But you, your approach is like, talk about, talk about your approach to that and how you connect with a, a younger audience. Absolutely. So, so if you think about most people in the space right now, this is just a, a good textbook example for anyone who wants to create anything cool. It always stems from controversy. You have to look at what exists already. And you have to always ask yourself, what's wrong with this? And if you can do that with every area of your life, I think that's where you'll get the most success. Mm-hmm. So going into public speaking specifically, though, I just noticed a lot of people in the industry were very old. So people are in their late 40s, 50s, and 60s. And it's not to knock on them. The reason that is, is because it usually takes decades to accumulate this type of information. Because nobody presents four times a week, Mm -hmm. right? You're you're presenting, you know, once or twice, maybe. And then over a decade, maybe you get a lot better and you can coach it. Whereas me, I went through that whole process in the span of three years. It was like intense. Mm -hmm. Every day I was either presenting or coaching somebody else. Like even on Christmas, I remember one of those days. I was was nuts. Like I was crazy. I'm like the Michael Jordan nobody (laughs) gives a shit about. Like that's a good way of explaining me. It's like I was as intense, but in a sport nobody pays attention to, which is presentations. So that's what happened. 
So when I, when I compared myself to everyone else in the sector, I was much younger, which allowed mm -hmm. me to tailor to a better audience. But the other thing is, is a lot of those people are also very academic. So they have PhDs from like Stanford or like different Ivy League schools, mm -hmm. which isn't wrong or anything, but it, it creates a barrier between them and the average American or the average person in the world. Because mm -hmm. if you say things like glassophobia, which it's okay if nobody knows what that is, <laughs> it's the medical term for the fear of public speaking. It sounds like some sort of disease, first of all. Mm. And two, it's like, what is this, like a glass? Like, is it like a mirror or something? So I really wanted to, to apply the number one lesson of public speaking, which is to simplify your content, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's kind of how the approach. And then I'm kind of quirky because I do karaoke and I do dancing and I kind of all played into the branding <laughs> and all the weird stuff that I do. Yeah, yeah, I know. I love that. So kind of, kind of talking about your videos. Um, last time we connected, you talked to me about some of the videos that you created on your YouTube channel, Master Talk. So can you tell me about the message that you're trying to convey to those searching and viewing the videos that you're making? Right. So, so the goal and this is, once again, feedback for everyone who's listening. When you start something, you don't really know what the bigger vision of that thing is. You kind of just go, oh, you know, my name's Paris. This is a podcast. Let me try and figure something out. And yeah. then you go, oh, there's some traction that's building. There's something mm -hmm. interesting that's happening. So for me, I was just making videos because I was bored. I did a couple of months before I started working at IBM. I was a broke student and a lot of stu people I was coaching back in the day, which wasn't too long ago, if I'm being honest, but they're, they're kind of just saying, hey, like, what do you, what, how did you learn how to speak? And I just went, well, I don't know, self-taught and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I started making videos with the phone, no budget in my parents' basement. And I didn't think much of it. But over time, as I got more and more feedback and I stuck with it, that's when I saw the bigger vision of what this could be. Because I realized communication is everything. Mm -hmm. It's not just presentations. It's the way that you have tough conversations with the people that you love. It's the long dinners where you yell at each other about politics and controversial subjects. It's the way that you connect with business partners. It's the way that you build relationships with guests. It's everything. Mm -hmm. And when I realized nobody was teaching people the most important skill for free, I kind of just said, well, what if I was that person? How would that world look like? And if I achieve what I'm setting out to achieve, and, I, and I'm on a good track of doing that, hopefully... By the time I'm gone, people can learn from me forever and everyone can share their ideas better. So if I'm the bridge to all of those people and everyone can communicate what they have to share with people mm -hmm. in, a, in an eloquent way, in a way that people understand, the world would just be in a better place. Yeah, because we talked about, you know, the fact that you made these videos and you were doing this for free because, you know, a lot of the, like you're, when you're thinking about kids, right, kids in middle school, high school who are struggling with public speaking and maybe they have a presentation that they have to give in front of their class and they don't want to do it they're they're afraid they have anxiety they don't know what to say and then they they stumble upon your video and they're like wow like you know here's this guy who's younger who's explaining things in an easy way to understand and then they feel like they have a connection and they, they're starting to learn things and i feel like you know that's something that we really need because you're so right like we don't we're not taught this you know we're not really taught um in you know like middle schools, high schools, you know, even in colleges, if you take a course on communication, you kind of, you know, I took communication and I, I still felt like I was like, you know, I didn't really learn much related to overcoming fear of public speaking. I just kind of put myself in there and tried to get it over with and was like, I'm almost done, you know, but right. <laughs> like what you're doing, I feel like that's, it's such a needed thing. But, you know, last time we connected, I really want to ask you about this. You made such a powerful comparison between decisions 
versus passions. So what do you think separates decisions from passions? Absolutely. And I love being controversial here. I think passions are stupid. Mm -hmm. And the only exception to that rule is if you're somebody listening to that already found their passion. In that case, you don't need to listen to this part. But for the the other 99% of us, the reason why passions are stupid is because they're too general. You can be passionate about anything, Paris. You can be passionate about, you know, the people in your life, you know, the, the dinner that you eat, the dogs in your house, if you have animals, like you can be passionate <laughs> about anything, like the arts and crap. I don't know. I'm just throwing shit, stuff out there. <laughs> but decisions are specific. Decisions are points of action. And we need to realize that we're not living for a long period here. You know, maybe we got 50 years, 70 years. And in that period of time, mm-hmm. there's only a set moves on the chessboard that we can make, right? If you can make a certain amount of moves, those, number, those numbers don't change. Mm-hmm. So in other words, what I'm saying is the biggest mistake people make is that they don't make decisions. And I'm the living example of this. When I was 12 and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do in life, which is, I know is odd for a 12-year-old to think about, <laughs> but I guess that's what I was doing. I didn't look at the world and go, hey, Paris, you know what? I need to be a YouTuber. No, that's what rich people did. That's not my thing. My parents were minimum wage workers. So the the question that I would love for you all to reflect on is not what are you passionate about? Because that doesn't get you anywhere. The question is, what does the world need you most to do right now and why? When I was 12, the answer to that question was on a YouTube channel. It was to be an accountant. Why? Because I was a math wizard. I was great at math, mid-90s. Every other subject in class, I was either flunking or getting low 60s and 70s. I was terrible at everything else. So I focused on that for a decade between the ages of 12 and 22. And then when I got a job at one of the top accounting firms in the world, I kind of just said, okay, that was fun. But what does the world need me to do most now? Mm. And then the question, or rather the answer, became, hey, this accounting thing's cool, but I started doing all these cool competitions and all that stuff. Maybe I should be a consultant. Maybe mm-hmm. I should spend my whole life helping other people solve their problems. And then I was fortunate. You know, I had a lot of great friends, a lot of great feedback on my application. And I ended up landing a job at IBM in technology consulting. And then I said, okay, this is great. My parents don't have to work anymore. We all live in the same house. Everything's great. But I asked myself the question again. What does the world need me most to do right now? That's mm-hmm. when I realized I was the youngest speech coach in the world and I started Master Talk. So, why are decisions more important than passion? They're important because if I never made the decision to be an accountant, it never would have led to the decision to be a technology consultant, which means I wouldn't even have the expertise to even have this conversation with mm. you guys. And the mistake that most people make is they don't make a decision at all. Mm. So they never get to the passion. I mean, wow. Sarah Blakely, who's the founder of Spanx, for those who don't know, she's like one of she's like yeah. an entrepreneur in the world who became a billionaire off of five grand investment. She invested five thousand dollars to the company and built a billion dollar juggernaut with no other outside investment. Wow. Yeah. And she had the idea for Spanx in her early thirties, right? So she spent the better part of her 20 selling like fax machines Mm -hmm. and thinking about an idea. And then she found an idea after like seven years and then she built Spanx. But if she never made the decision to condition herself up until that point, she wouldn't be the person she is today. And that textbook example applies for everybody. Mm. I love that. I love because when we talked, the way you said taking action on that passion and you, you, you laid it out there because I've never heard someone, you know, like, I love that you say you love being controversial because I love that, you know, I love that you just lay it out there. You say what it is. And then you, you 
present this, this idea of decisions, you know, without making that decision to, to do the things you did and take the steps you took, you wouldn't have been out here producing videos on YouTube for people who, you know, otherwise wouldn't have access to that information. And, you know, another thing that you said that I want to, I really want to get into as well is um, you described to me last time, the reality that people can suffer in our inability to take action. So who, so who for you, who would have suffered if you never did any of the work you've done so far with Master Talk? Absolutely. So, so what we were talking about there last time is this idea that the reason people don't take action is because they don't understand the negative consequences of not doing it enough. They're not mm -hmm. clear on the person that they're trying to help. And the question you can ask yourself is who suffers from your inability to take action every day that you make the decision not to start the podcast, not to do the show, not to do whatever it is you want to do. Understand what happens if you don't. So for most people, option A versus option B is the following. Option A is do the thing, right? you know, go to the cooking class, start the arts and craft project, ride the bike. It doesn't matter. Option B is watch Netflix. Whereas with somebody like me and even potentially somebody like you, option A is do the thing, go on the podcast for free, promote the crap out of this thing, make a bunch of videos, write content years in advance, or B, watch millions of people around the world suffer mm -hmm. for the rest of eternity. Mm -hmm. Julia is 16 years old. You know, she goes on YouTube. She wants to master public speaking. What does she find? She finds a bunch of old white dudes who don't know anything about public speaking. If I don't make the videos, nobody in the world will do it. I'm the only speech coach who's in their early 20s who has executive coaching experience, who speaks multiple languages. I'm the only person who can do it. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I'm relentless. Not because I'm special, not because I'm more unique, not because I'm more important, but because I know what happens if I don't do it. And another thing that you touched upon that I'd like to add is this idea of, I like the fact that you're controversial. That's important to mention what you said there, because let's understand the opposite case. What does it actually mean to be normal? Let's break mm -hmm. that down for people. Mm -hmm. This is what it gets yeah. you. You're in a broken relationship or not a relationship at all. You have kids you don't like. Your family members, you never get along with them. You never eat the right things. You're obese. You're mm -hmm. in a broken family. You don't get what you want out of life. You die at a young age and you don't have a lot of money and you're in debt. Do you really want to be mm -hmm. normal? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I love that. I love that because it's like just your personality and the way that you break things down. It's like you, you get to the point, you get to the point and you do it in a way that's effective and you, you do it in a way that, you know, people can understand. And I'm talking about people who don't have, you know, the people who need it the most, right? Kids, people who are struggling with this. And I feel like if we don't develop these skills of public speaking, speaking from a young age, it's going to be harder and harder and harder when you get older. Cause as you get older, I feel like you start to develop this kind of sense of, you know, why am I going to watch this guy on YouTube? Who's 20 something I'm, I'm 40. I'm not going to, I'm not going to look at him. I'm not, no. And it's like, we start to think that, you know, it's, it gets harder and harder to climb out of that box because we feel like, you know, we might know we need to get better. We might know we need to improve, but we don't want to hear it. We don't want to listen to it. We don't want to talk about it. So I feel like, you know, when you're a kid and when you're younger and when you're, you know, you're trying to learn these things, if you have someone like you who, you know, is available online and let's be honest, like all kids are online all the time. Like all pe like people, 
just, but especially, you know, kids like, and YouTube, like, hello, you know, search, search your thing, check out the, like, it's, it's just, it's right there. It's easy to access. And I feel like it's information that, you know, I wish I knew about when I was younger, you know, if I could, if I could sit there and say, Hey, you know, there's this video online that, you know, could have, could have made me feel better in high school and even in uh, college presenting different things. And, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, like what you said, I love how you, how you laid out, you know, the reason you do what you do is because you know who will suffer if you don't do it. And I feel like that's a really unique perspective to have. Cause I feel like most people don't see it that way. They kind of look at, you know, like what you, how you laid out the option A and option B of, you know, okay, today I'll just, you know, wait. And then that turns into years. And then you're like, oh, okay. You know, now I'm going to start to do it. And it's, you know, if you start to look at it, in a way of, you know, who's going to suffer as a, as a result of me not doing what I'm doing now, you know, what's going to happen to those people. Absolutely. And the way that you rephrase things is so great. And, and one exercise I even add on top of that, just to really punch it mm-hmm. into the nail, the one exercise I did that changed my life that everyone who's listening, if you want to make a difference in your life needs to do is to write your own funeral speech. Mm. Right? You just write it. Like you just write it yourself. So when you're dead and your sister, your brother, your family members are reading it and you're in the casket, what do you want that letter to say? Mm-hmm. If you just ask yourself the hard question, you write it down, you do the exercise, that will bring you more clarity in your life than the last five years combined probably. Mm. Wow. Well, you know, that's, that's a great exercise to do because, you know, I've never actually, I've never thought of that and I've never heard that before. So I think that that is something that, yeah, can bring so much clarity to different pieces of, or areas of people's life that you can't get from other things or other activities, um, for sure. And I know I wanted to ask you something else as well. So, you know, if you could, if you could give me right now, one piece of advice for somebody who is out there, who is uncomfortable with public speaking, but they want to learn to overcome that feeling, what would you, what would you say to that person? I would ask a question and that question is the following. How would the world change if you were an incredible speaker? Mm. And the more specific you are about detailing that world, the more it'll give you confidence to conquer that world. I started MassTruck when I was 22, Paris. Mm. Who the hell am I to coach (laughs) senior level executives on communication? So there's two parts to that confidence. One part was, of course, preparation. You, got, you just got to do the thing. Like your mm-hmm. episode one is a lot worse than your episode today, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And of course, you're just like, yeah. You're like, it's, it's yeah. Like, in the same way, my, my episode one is still up there to go look at the vomit that I put out. <laughs> you know, that, it's, that's how it works. But the other part is having a belief system. Most people don't stand for anything. But if you believe in a world, that you want to create, if you have a point of view on how the world should be, it doesn't matter who gets in your way. You're going to get there. If I pitch a hundred podcasters and 90 of them tell me to F off, but the other 10 are excited to hear from me, focus on those 10 Mm -hmm. because they believe in the point of view that you have about the world. And it doesn't need to be this podcast or this YouTube channel. It's like, oh, is Brendan asked me to pitch all these shows? No, 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 no. That's not the point. The point is to figure out what that point of view means for you. Mm -hmm. Because remember, and it's worth reiterating, 
Public speaking is everything. It's not just presentations. If you're in a relationship right now, this is to the audience, and you know, you, you're worried about the miscommunication, you're both great people, but you just don't understand each other. Mm. If you're a great communicator, it doesn't mean speaking on stage to a thousand people. It just means, wow, we could just get along more, fight less, and just enjoy the relationship. That's true with everything else. Mm-hmm. You argue with your business partners all the time. You don't have to do that. Everything. The more that you detail that world from the way that you travel and for some reason you can just understand the other person, even if you have no clue what they're saying, that's what communication is. And the better you are at describing that world, not, you won't have less fear, but you'll understand why you'll need to conquer it. Mm. Wow. Wow. You just, you've just been hitting me with like, boom, boom. All right. All right. Well, you know, like this, this is so, so great because I love how you said that when you, when, when I first asked you the question, you know, what advice would you give? You said, you know, how would the world be better if you were a good speaker or if you were an incredible speaker? And I feel like, you know, to frame it that way for people is, is something that most people don't really think about, right? You know, when we think about public speaking, like, oh, like sit there and you're struggling with it. Okay. How, how would, how would it be if I was good at this or if I was really good at this? And I was, you know, cause most people are so focused on that aspect of fear and they're stuck and it makes, it kind of makes you paralyzed almost in a way of where you can't really, you know, move forward with coming out of that mindset. And you know, is, is there, um, is there anything in particular that you do like, cause I feel like mindset is part of it with, with public speaking, especially if you, you know, are really not comfortable, you're really afraid, you kind of have to work on that piece along with it. So is there, you know, some advice that you have for mindset work related to public speaking? I would say for mindset work, it applies in both areas. So if you can do that in public speaking, it'll work equally as well with life mm-hmm. and the exercise and it's not yoga, it's not meditation or eating the right things. Though all those things are great. <laughs> the number one habit you want to implement is ask yourself a hard question about life every day. Okay, let me get you started. What are you pretending not to know? Mm-hmm. If you had all the money in the world, how would you spend your time? Right? And what is the truth that you believe in that most people disagree with you on? That's a question from Peter Thiel. But the idea is the more you start to question life, like why are we saving up for retirement at 65 if Steve Jobs died at 56? Like <laughs> makes no sense. Like it's just what? Like mm-hmm. he, didn't, he didn't get there. If he couldn't get there, a lot of us won't too. When you get to that and you're questioning this idea of why do we need to get married and have two and a half kids, not two, but two and a half, and then have a white picket fence, all those things, what happens? You start to question everything and then bringing this back to public speaking, Paris, you start to question your own assumptions about presentation. You start to go, well, wait a second. Where is this lack of confidence actually coming from? I mean, my voice sounds just fine. Mm -hmm. Why do I think I'm a bad speaker? Where does that start from? For many of us, that starts in school because most of our presentations are mandatory. They're not for fun. We're presenting mm-hmm. to students who don't want to hear us, to topics we never get to pick, like your communication class. It's more, mm-hmm. That's more of like an army kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you're presenting to teachers who are really well-intentioned, but too stressed to coach you. Mm-hmm. So no wonder we stink at public speaking. When you start to understand where that comes from, rather than saying, I'm scared, that's the reality of my life, that's when the mindset starts to shift. Mm-hmm. No, a hundred percent. Cause I feel like, you know, if we if we take it back to the thing about schools, you know, when you're in class, you don't, you aren't really given the opportunity most of the time to choose what you want to talk about. And I feel like that's kind of is really where it starts when you think about it. Cause if I think back to me being in school and, you know, being told, okay, you're going to present on 
the history of this forest and you have to do it. And you know, they give you like 10 minutes has to be 10 minutes and you're sitting there like, okay, what am I going to do to make it? And you're, you're just overanalyzing every little thing. Cause like you said, you know, you sit there and you're like, my voice sounds fine. You know, I sound fine. I'm able to communicate. I'm at, I'm able to have a conversation. So what changes once you get up to do it? You know, what, what happens with, you know, cause it's like you're, you're confident, you know, talking and having conversations and getting your point across and communicating with, you know, your family, your friends or whoever. But then when it's like, all right, like it's your turn, get up. And then it's like, and I feel like, because if you're taking it back to that thing of we're not getting to pick what we want to talk about, we're not really having freedom. And then at the same time, you know, when you're presenting, you know, you, the kind the feedback you kind of receive is very general and it's kind of like, you know, there's like a structured format of like, everyone kind of gets, you check this box. If you talked about this check, you know, you check this box, if you're dressed good check. And it's not really like feedback that is, you know, going to help us with overcoming that fear. And I like the way that you break things down to, you know, help people who are younger understand that because I feel like, you know, like, like I've been saying the whole time, that's what we need. We need that. We need that. So, so yeah, I mean, I just wanted to say thank you to you, Brendan, for being able to do this and come on the podcast and talk about the work that you're doing with Master Talk and kind of a little bit about your background and your journey and, you know, how you got there and the things that you did and the steps that you took and kind of, you know, the message that you have for people with public speaking and helping people with that. So yeah. So <laughs> I just very kind of you first. Thank you a lot. Thanks yes. Well, I'm excited to put this episode out and I hope that everyone listening has a beautiful rest of your day guys. And I wanted to say goodbye to you all and goodbye, Brendan. Bye. <laughs> all right, guys, that is the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this one as much as I enjoyed creating it. As always, if you guys would like to get in touch with me to talk about becoming a guest or to share your thoughts on this episode with me, you can do that in a number of ways. You can shoot me an email to crookedillness at gmail.com. You can send me a DM on Instagram at crookedillness, or you can message me on my Facebook page at crookedillness as well. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day and thank you so much for listening to Crooked Illness.